0: Ricky Lee, Superstar. Do you think you're what they say you are? Ricky Lee, Superstar. Do you think you're what they say you are? It's showtime with Ricky Lee. Thank you for joining me here on 101.5 Huntley Community Radio. I'm your host, Ricky Lee Travolta. Now remember, you can always listen to current and past episodes of It's Showtime with Ricky Lee as a podcast. The musical Chicago is known throughout the world. It has won Tony Awards on Broadway and Academy Awards for its film adaptation starring Catherine Zeta-Jones, Renee Zellweger, and Richard Gere. Although a fictional story, it was inspired by two real-life housewives accused of murders in 1924. Now, writer-director Julie Price brings a new dramatic adaptation of the story to life in May, Chicago the Play. This non-musical tour de force from Elgin Theatre Company reckons to thrill audiences May 5th. Through the twenty-first at Elgin Art Showcase in Elgin, Illinois, about an hour outside of Chicago in the northwest suburbs. Joining me now to talk about this thrilling, dramatic adaptation by Julie Price are three of the play's stars: Jocelyn Adamski, who plays Roxy Hart; William Athow, who plays Billy Flynn; and Joshua Dizon, who plays Jake Callahan. Welcome to the show, guys. Now Thank you so much. I'm going to start with you, Josh. Jocelyn. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Jocelyn, I'm going to start with you. Not everybody knows the story of Chicago. So can you give us, give the audience a little idea of what the story is?
1: Absolutely. So the story of Chicago, although it's satirical fiction, it's actually based on a real life event. So uh, there was a real woman in 1924 named Beulah Anand. She was the inspiration for the Roxy character who actually did kill, she was a married woman who killed her lover. And it was interesting because her story, just like Roxy's changed a bunch of times where first she was like, yeah, I killed him. And then it changed to, well, we both reached for the gun. It was self-defense. And then it turned into, well, I'm pregnant and I was protecting my baby. Um, So it's based on this real woman, and uh, Maureen Watkins uh, was the playwright who decided she was actually a Yale Drama School student who decided to do this as kind of a class assignment, but it became popular, and it actually got produced on Broadway, and that was so popular that in 1926, it became a silent film, and that was so popular. (laughs) That it was adapted again in 1942 as a vehicle for ginger rogers called roxy heart and then of course is the 1975 musical that everybody knows and loves so everybody loves this story in all its iterations because it's just such a fun and interesting character analysis of This woman and, you know, this desperation that she felt and why does she change her story all these times? But it is, in fact, based on a real life woman who committed this real life crime.
0: Wow. Now, how does Chicago the play compare with Chicago
2: the musical? William, why don't you take that question? Uh, Well, this is the it's it's the original Storyline, so there's not quite as much of the theatrics in it, although there is certainly some of that. Um, and it's been adapted a few times, so I think it's a little more direct to the storyline. There's not as many uh, different types of um, storylines, maybe that are going on in in the side, but um, it's it's a little bit more, I think, dramatic more than anything because musicals can tend to be a little bit more fun and. Um, this gets, I think a little bit more to the point. Um, and I think that's what I've discovered about the play version, especially is there's so much going on with the women in this show. And, um, there's some just great, great, great scenes with all the women. And we just have some fabulous actors, um, playing these women's roles. And every time I watch it, I'm just like amazed and excited to see what's, what, what people are going to see when they come, it's going to be great to see.
0: So now, Joshua, um, this is a little bit more of a dramatic interpretation than the musical comedy that we would see in Bob Fosse's version. Um, What is it like doing this story as a drama instead of a comedy?
3: So doing this uh, show as a drama, it definitely you feel a lot more like in the musical when you. When you go watch it, you very feel very upbeat, um, but this one, you really feel the raw emotions of the characters, because with Roxy, she could actually be facing uh, the hangman's noose. And you really feel that the, Um, sorry, I, I'm blanking on the word, but <laughs> you really, you're really looking for, you really see the uh, their directions of these characters and what they really want from each other and uh, their internal struggles and things like that.
0: Now, Jocelyn, um, it sounds like the characters go on a journey, which is always indicative of a great script. What mm-hmm. is the character arc for Roxy Hart in this version?
1: That's such a good question. Um, I love this character because the the real question to me is, you know, why does she change her story so much she obviously did it um and i don't think it's just because she doesn't you know want to go to jail she doesn't want to you know be hanged um and it's wrapping your head around this character who acts very selfish um and so it's trying to dig deep into that character and finding and i and i'm still finding as we continue to rehearse You know where are moments where you see this woman as a human and not just this you know shrill dynamic energetic selfish person so i'm really trying to think of her arc in terms of you know well what do a lot of selfish people have a lot of selfish people have trouble feeling vulnerable have trouble connecting with people we get to hear um in one of my scenes with billy flynn played by will you know that she has it doesn't get super specific but she has a troubled relationship with her father hmm. so i think Roxy needs a sense of approval i think this desire to be famous and i i think it still exists in some people that are narcissistic or selfish you know that they just have this innate desire to be loved that they weren't loved enough and it is in chicago the musical too during the song Roxy, where she says, none of us got enough love in our childhoods. But I think that's very indicative of the character. She's searching for approval. And I think that's part of why she changes her story too. She's looking at how are people going to empathize with me more? How can I appear more and more vulnerable so that I get more approval and more love? And I think it's just she never quite fulfills that. And in real life, you know, Beulah Anand herself was married several times. And I think she was just like searching for this. And and that is quite vulnerable and, and quite tragic and quite sad that, you know, even through committing murder and even through being exonerated of this murder and continuing to live her life, she still doesn't find, you know, what she's really looking for, which is tragic in a way she's kind of you know the way I have to play her is you know she's kind of a tragic hero
0: now William you play Billy Flynn who in the stage musical in the movie is very flashy uh you know sleight of hand kind of guy what is Billy Flynn like in this
2: play very much very much the same I mean it's it's from his perspective it's all about him you know He wants to win, um, but he wants to win for his reputation. He wants to win because he wants to put on a good show and he wants to be the center of attention. Um, So he wants all eyes on him. We have various points where there's going to be some photographers and cameras and, and he's playing to the camera all the time. And um, it's all, it's a show. It's a show within a show for him. It's like, I want to put on a good show and I want to win. And so everybody sees that I'm a great attorney, but At the end of the day, he kind of wants them all talking about him, and not like and how great he is, as opposed to whether or not Roxy deserved to get off or not. For him, getting her off is more about him getting a lot of recognition, Um, and he doesn't want to. There's a line where where Jake says, "You know, even if you lose, you're getting a lot of good press," and he's like, "You know, I like the press." But he's like, I, I want to win. And he also likes the money. He's really in it for the money. Um, you know, he won't take the case until he gets $5,000, which I did some research and back in 1928. That would have been like 80 grand. Wow. I can't imagine having to come up with 80 grand to give to an attorney before they would even take my case. Um, so he's he's in it for himself. He's about him.
0: And Joshua, I am not terribly familiar with the character of Jake Callahan. Can you tell
3: us a little bit about that character? Yeah, absolutely. So in the well-known musical, Jake was actually written out. Um, But in the play, he's the one who introduces Roxy to Billy and sort of puts two and two together. And he's a very sly, cunning, crafty, he knows what he wants kind of guy. Um, And that's because back in the 20s, um, reporters were often viewed as um, as those kinds of characters and they wanted to themselves solve these kinds of crimes, these these kinds of uh, mysteries because it would do better for the papers, do better for their own reputation. There's a point in the show where Roxy asks Jake, well, don't you want me to go free? And Jake actually laughs at her. I want you to go free? No, I actually want you to hang because then it would be the first story ever of a woman hanging and it would be my story, my reputation would skyrocket through the roof. And he's all about himself. He's all about his reputation as well. Um, He also has something to protect, just like these guys.
0: Wow, a lot of very selfish characters in this show. (laughs) You are listening to It's Showtime with Ricky Lee on 101.5 FM, Huntley Community Radio. If you are outside the listening area, you can stream the broadcast in real time at HuntleyRadio.com. And you can always listen to current and past episodes of It's Showtime with Ricky Lee as one of your favorite podcasts. Chicago the Play, from writer-director Julie Price, will be thrilling Elgin Theatre Company audiences May 5th through the 21st at Elgin Art Showcase, conveniently located an hour outside of Chicago in the northwest suburbs. For ticket information, visit the Elgin Theatre Company website at www.elgin.com hyphen or call the box office at 847-741-0532 The show times for Chicago the Play are Fridays and Saturdays at 7.30 and Sundays at 2 o'clock That 7.30 time on Fridays and Saturdays is a new time Originally the show is scheduled for 8 It has been switched to 7.30 for everyone's convenience in the audience We don't want getting out too late in the day Now Let's get back to the show. Okay, William, you play an attorney. How is that different than just playing any other character? What do you do to make Billy Flynn obviously an attorney?
2: Wow. Um, well, first of all, for me, it it's kind of... I I teach law in high school, so I've been able to kind of fall back on some of the different things that I've done with that, some of the different uh, movies that we show in that. Um, I I kind of, um, as I've been kind of trying to find Billy Flynn, um, I kind of see him a little bit like an Alan Shore or Denny Crane from Boston Legal, where um, one, is very passionate at times in some of his speeches. Um, which would be more kind of an Alan Shore type of a guy, but then a Denny Crane guy who's making it all about him. And so as I've been kind of finding the the depth of the character or lack thereof, maybe, um, those have been kind of some of the things that I've been falling back on. As far as the legal piece of it, um, the, the, it was different back then. I mean, it, and one of the big things that comes up quite a bit in the trial phase of it is the jury is all men. And one of the things that, you know they he talks about quite a bit is that you know it's almost kind of easier to get off a woman murderer with a jury of all men than if you actually had women on the jury so if we can make her look good and make her personable to the men and play her up to the men men are a lot less likely to convict a really nice fun attractive young woman of murdering someone than they would be of a man. And so that's kind of the legal wrangling that Billy Flynn is going for quite a bit is you got to play it up for the men.
0: Now, Joshua, you play a character that people are not familiar with from the movie or the, the Broadway show. So what is it like basically creating a character that audiences are going to be introduced to for the first time?
3: Well... Uh, to start, I want to do justice to the character and to the times. Uh, like that was said before, you know, these these kinds of characters are always crafty, slimy, and I want to portray that uh, correctly and just show what uh, this kind of character would have been like in the in the twenties, and also uh, just really have them enjoy. The character, you know, he's he's witty, and you try to to like him, but there are some parts where you're absolutely disgusted by him. And that's something I just love about the character. You see these two different sides of hey, you see that he's trying to get what he wants, but he's also trying to get something for himself that only he can have. And I'm trying to portray that to the audience in just the right way so that they don't hate me, you know. <laughs>
0: Now, uh, Jocelyn, um, you are working with Julie Price, who's not only the director, but she also did the adaptation of the script. What is it like working with the playwright who is also the director?
1: Well, it's wonderful. Um, Julie is a fantastic director and I absolutely love her adaptation because though it is, you know, uh, satirical and though it is a serious subject matter, matter, It actually is incredibly funny and speaking to these characters that are selfish there's a lot of humor that comes out of that selfishness and i mean roxy is the most obvious example of somebody who committed a crime and is still trying to you know portray herself as sweet and innocent but all the characters do that to some degree all the characters put on different masks so to speak Uh, and i think julie really did a fantastic job of bringing that create a flair and, and showing that all these people are putting on masks, whether they're the ones behind bars or not. And um, I think Julie wanted to bring out like some of the vulnerability of these characters, but it's also very peppy, very fun, very fast paced. You know, it reminds me a lot of fast talking films like from the thirties and forties, you know, or a lot of noirs, a lot of these things that have these kind of, bad girl, you know, fallen women, these kind of tough broads, uh, these tough gal roles. And I think Julie really shines a light on that. And it's very fun. You know, it's very, although the subject matter is serious, the pacing of it is very fast and it's very interesting to kind of keep up with all these games that everybody is playing. And there's quite a lot of humor in that. So it's really great to work with the playwright and kind of hear her inspiration. And, you know, she added elements of real life people and real life things that were happening in this era. Um, So, yeah, it's been just amazing to work with her and to work with somebody that kind of understands that, understands that zippiness and peppiness of that era. And me myself, you know, I see a lot of Roxy as starting point for her in those tough gal roles. You know, I see a lot of Joan Blondell and Barbara Stanwyck and I liked to approach it from that place. And Julie obviously is an admirer of this era in history as well. So it's nice to have her creative vision, not only from the writing, but the directing perspective that she really understands that and is keeping it zippy and fun.
0: Now, you mentioned the era. This takes place in the 1920s. Is that correct? Yes. So what is it like playing characters in the 1920s? What do you have to do different so that you're not too contemporary?
1: Part of it's in the script. I mean, part of it is just the way that the people speak. Obviously, in every era, there's specific slang, you know, saying things like you and and yous and stuff like that. Um, certain slang but in your mannerisms as well you know it's very important to not do anything that's too contemporary and thinking thinking of that era in history you know we do have reference points in films that were made at those specific times they weren't period pieces so we do have those lovely points of reference
0: now william you mentioned the incredible women in this cast, the incredible women characters and the incredible women actors who are playing them. Let's talk a little bit about some of those. Uh, now, you have Amber Dow playing Matron Mama Morton. Let, uh, can you give us some insight into what she brings to the character?
2: Yes, I think she's perfect for that role. I think Josh and Jocelyn would agree with me. I mean, she's kind of the, you know, as you know, Julie kind of did some of her research on this um you know, from from what she gathered and what she found out was that um, in Cook County Jail back at that time, there weren't a whole lot of women housed there. So there was just one floor for the women and that the matron was brought in to kind of just oversee them all. Um, and I believe Julie said that she was a woman that was actually kind of in debt and she needed the money and i think they're forgiving some of her debts if she takes on this role but she's a very motherly figure but she's kind of a motherly figure from that time where she's kind of like a ah just be quiet and do this and you got to do this and um and she's also playing along with with like you know if you bring in some money someone else you can pay someone else to make your bed but she does a great job just her Her presence, I think, and the way she her 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 movements and the way she carries herself on stage is she fits right into kind of this mother that's in charge of some of these bad girls um, who all have a story. I mean, there's really some some sad stories in there, um, but are still in in jail for having done some serious things. but. Um, At times, she's just kind of telling them how you got to do it. And at other times, she's just, you know, this is what you got to do next. Stop your whining. But she does a great job. I think, I don't know, you could ask the other two folks here, but she just carries herself so perfect for that role and her dialect and how she she delivers her lines. It's just been fantastic.
0: And Joshua, let's talk about... Yeah, Amber is wonderful, like,
1: because as well...
0: Joshua, let's talk about the character of Velma. Uh, Kim Green is playing Velma. How is Velma different in this interpretation?
3: And what does Kim bring to the role? So in this interpretation, um, I would say that Velma's not nearly as, like, jazzy, sleazy as she is in the the musical, like, All That Jazz, you know? In this uh, rendition, she's a lot more refined, um you know seems like she comes from old money and the actress that portrays her phenomenal fit for this position she really feels like she comes from old money you know um she talks as if she's better than everybody else because in her mind or the character's mind at least she believes that she is and she has these little mannerisms she does things with her arms makes them flow um, and she speaks in a very pristine crisp voice and uses words that not everybody else would use. Um, And honestly, she is a phenomenal fit. You can ask William or Jocelyn. She is a great actress. Now, Jocelyn, I wanted to ask you about the character of
0: Amos. Uh, Amos is very endearing. Everyone kind of feels sorry for him, loves him. And you have Devin Ortiz playing him. Tell us a little bit about Amos and about Devin's approach.
1: Uh, so I love Devin. I recently directed him in The Odd Couple. Ah.
2: Um,
1: so now I, it's fun. I actually get to be on stage with him. Um, Devin is fantastic. Um, Devin is such an energetic person, and he brings a lot of energy and humor uh, to his role as Amos. And I think his approach with Amos is He's just a good guy. He's probably, I think the guys would agree with me, he's probably the best person in the play. Like he's honorable, he genuinely says what he means, he genuinely cares about Roxy even when she's being horrible to him. And everybody, everybody in the play manipulates Amos. Um, But I think what Devin is so great about is that he brings that sincerity and that kind of joie de vivre to Amos. trying to look at the good in everybody, even when he knows they're not good people. And Devin is just such a likable person in real life uh, that I think it's a, a wonderful fit. And he's hilarious.
0: And William, we only have a few minutes left, but is there any characters that I have not mentioned that we really want to focus on that people are going to fall in love with?
2: Well, we have, we have a, A preacher who is constantly um, Ryan Segowicz I think you'll recall we interviewed with you back during a Christmas cast Mm -hmm. but Ryan is playing um, uh, the preacher and he sits in the crowd and he's just appalled at all of the sin that's going on especially with these women and so he has a lot of of really fun one liners where he's interrupting the trial with um, all sorts of biblical references and um and there's some other scenes throughout where we hear he's a radio preacher at the time so you might enjoy that (laughs) but uh he's he's on there um preaching about how horrible society is and women you shouldn't be cutting your hair short and all sorts of things so he's a really fun character and of course ryan it just throws his heart into everything he does and does a great job with it um i think people will really enjoy and then there's a there's a little plot twist there at the end with ryan as well
0: You've been listening to It's Showtime with Ricky Lee on 101.5 FM Huntley Community Radio and available everywhere as a podcast. Today, I've had the great pleasure of talking to Jocelyn Adamski, William Athow, and Joshua Dizon, who star in Elgin Theatre Company's upcoming Chicago the Play, adapted and directed by Julie Price. Chicago The Play opens May 5th at Elgin Art Showcase and runs Friday's and Saturdays at 7.30 p.m., and Sundays at 2 o'clock through May 21st. Sunday performances are interpreted for sign language by Andrew Ross, and he does a wonderful job. I've worked with him before. For ticket information, for what promises to be a stellar night of entertainment, visit the Elgin Theatre Company website at www.elgin-theatre.org or call the box office at 847 741 0532. Jocelyn, William, Joshua, thank you so much for your time today, and I'm looking forward to seeing you on stage in this wonderful production. I'll see you in the spotlight.